Today, uh, we're going to introduce our first guest ever on the Meta Podcast. I'm really excited about this. This is not the first person that I thought would want to step up uh, and be a part of the podcast. So I'm really excited because I think he brings a very in-depth look at deeper topics within the gaming community and esports. Um, he's been following it for many of years, just as long as I have. He's just as passionate about it, so he's going to add a lot of value to this podcast. Let's talk meta. His name is Chase Falco. Uh, just to introduce Chase a little bit, he has been a person who has been by my side from day one, from the days of having one viewer, zero subs, not even having my affiliate. Uh, we actually crossed paths playing Counter-Strike, so we share that same passion. Um, and he's just always been there uh, for me to pick me up. Uh, he's been a longtime subscriber, longtime supporter. I couldn't be more excited to introduce Chase to the Meta Podcast. Chase, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been playing Counter-Strike for, let's say, I think four years. Um, I just love gaming. I got to say I'm a huge nerd, just like uh, Chad here. <laughs> right now my main game is hunt showdown i'm top 30 in na i've just been grinding it out so what uh hunt showdown uh that's not a game that everyone's gonna hear on the podcast every day what uh what inspired you to want to end the csgo grind which many of us put thousands and thousands of hours into and take a different genre of game and really get after it and get yourself in a top position in NA. Well, one of the main things was I actually am IRL friends with uh, Grace Rages, who's a good friend with Scoodoodle. And I've played with them before in this game, and it was like a huge thing because it was when Scoodoodle left Counter-Strike as well. So I kind of like took a piece of that with me in a way because nice. I, I was face at level 8. I had 2,000 hours and I was didn't even get past master guardian i just said it's just time for a break basically i just knew it was time fair enough fair enough um so do you still uh dabble with csgo every once in a while uh yeah maybe once or twice a week i'll launch up a game of casual or tdm so what would you say carries over from counter-strike to hunt showdown what skills did you learn in that genre that carried over to another genre um, definitely aim, I gotta say, and a little bit of game sense too, knowing when your opponent's gonna peek and stuff like that. It definitely carries over, because Counter-Strike is such an aim-intensive game that it, it kind of molds into your muscle memory. Like, it's kind of weird hearing someone say that, but it definitely transitions over to other games. Absolutely, I totally agree. Muscle memory is a really weird thing, um, and if the gamers that are listening will understand there's nothing more odd than the first time in your gaming career where you hit a shot, you make a play that your brain finally catches up to you after the fact, where your where your hand unconsciously moved to that certain point on the mouse pad and, and you hit that clutch shot. So I completely understand. So I want to switch gears a little bit. I think we have a very interesting topic to talk about with our audience today, Chase. And uh, this is Chase's idea, so I was super excited uh, to kind of pick his brain on this. And it involves around parent involvement in gamers' careers. Um, so let's take the pro-level scene. All right, so you've already made it big. You got signed by a, a Tier 1 organization. 
um, you're under contract, uh, maybe you're hitting the YouTube slash streaming world. Chase, uh, my question for you is like, uh, how involved do you think the parents should be in these in these gamers' lives? How much support should be there? There always has to be support there. You know what I mean? They, I don't think they should have a say of what they're doing as long as they're over, you know, eighteen. But I think morally they should be there because people who are playing the games they have usually their parents to count for like they watch their dad play or they watch their mom play and they take that from them you know what i mean like they're probably the reason they started gaming themselves so they definitely owe something to them absolutely so do you feel if someone's over 18 i think you made a good point there like 18 is that controversial cutoff right you go from kid to adults supposedly but i think we can all agree we thought we were adults at 18 and then all of a sudden you hit 25 and you look back and you're like wow i was just a kid at 18 do you feel parents should have some financial say or control in an esport uh, players because they are now going to make above average income I think there should definitely be some moderation, but like I said, they need to be responsible themselves. I think most of the time they're prepared anyway, because probably these organizers are contacting the parents first in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It would be interesting to talk to someone from a major organization and kind of see, you know, how those conversations uh, are targeted and, and how they really initiate that is it is it a simple business email does it become a phone call one day where you you know you send it the voicemail because it's some random phone number um i always kind of wondered how you know that initiation um started so let's take a let's spin it a little bit let's talk about like adolescence so i personally am a father of a a 10 year old um and you do have a younger brother uh that i'm well aware of so what type of intervening do you feel parents should have with kids at a young age when it comes to balancing life, school, friendships, socialization, and that gaming time? Hmm. Well, there definitely should be moderation of how much they play. I'll be honest, I've played way too much. (laughs) I'm very thankful that I didn't (laughs) become like this elitist who just sits at his computer all day and doesn't even get up to shower (laughs) but yeah there definitely has to be some sort of um moderation because there always has to be work done school is your job in a way so you're always doing something that's not gaming you're always thinking about something and definitely socialization is a big thing but I think it happens a lot. Well, not everyone plays multiplayer games, but if you're playing them, you're always socializing with someone, you know what I mean? So there's always that key there to open the door to real-life socializing. So, Do you think, uh, let's take CSGO, for example, 5e5, uh, team-oriented, communication is key, uh, strategizing, working through ups and downs. Do you feel that is proper developmental for a kid to learn how to deal with things in life? That's kind of tough to say because it is a video game, but there definitely is some real world thinking that goes into it. Because when you're playing the game, it's not just about shooting someone, 
it's about outsmarting them using you know your brain and stuff like that mm -hmm. so absolutely it definitely extends into it but i don't know it's definitely an opinionated thing because some people just don't understand you know what i mean they don't play games themselves so it's up in the air at that point certainly so how do you feel for younger kids that maybe are listening and they feel they have this above average potential how do you feel they should approach their parents with that situation they definitely need to have a long conversation with them like hey this is what i want to do you know this is my passion this is going to be my life and if they don't agree if they have some objections to it you just got to talk to them you know you got to show them that this mm -hmm. is what you love this is what you want to do this is your thing you know this is what you're good at yeah i think it's really crucial for any of our listeners that you need to show progress to your parents now your parents may not understand what good is in CS:GO, or what's good in Overwatch, or Valorant being a new game? They think things are just flying around the screen. They can't even keep up. It's it's showing your marketing abilities on social medias. What kind of growth are you seeing there? Getting some sort of messages from from teams. Being able to learn how the video edit and graphic edit, I think, is absolutely crucial at a young age now for anyone getting into the the esport gaming community realm. I think it's really crucial just to find those those concrete facts that your parents will understand before the animation of watching a game um, on a screen. And I think it's it's also crucial to maybe find a local friend or friends that are also playing a game and have them talk to their parents to some degree and try to create that connection of maybe those parents understand the esport world a little better than your own. You have to find a community and try to build that around your parents so they, they understand what they're trying to digest, and it's a scary thing for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that and say, for these kids that are putting like so much time into it, let's say they're like 13, 14, they have to have a backup plan. Yes. They have to, because there's such, it's like a kid playing Little League that wants to be in the mlb they want to be in the nba you know yeah, absolutely That's such a low percentage of that happening and i've accepted mm -hmm. that yep. you know i'm i'm still very very young but i've accepted that i'm not gonna reach that tier you know absolutely so it's very important to have a backup plan but yes i they need to communicate they need to show progress because all this time people are spending on their computers with nothing to show except greasy hair <laughs> it's just <laughs> you really gotta you gotta work you gotta work very very hard people don't realize how hard it is and for the adult listeners that maybe do have children or are gonna have children in the near future get involved go sit down next to your kid and try to understand 100%. What they're doing, why they're spending so much time. There is so much money to be made in this industry that doesn't necessarily need to mean you need to be the top tier player on C9 or the top tier player on 100 Thieves. There's so many different avenues. You could be a streamer, you could be a YouTuber, content creator, you could be in graphic design supporting the big streamers and the big pros. You know, there's just, you could video edit. There's just so 
many opportunities out there. Get involved. Ask your kid the questions. Um, it's just going to bridge that gap and just make that connection easier, not only for your child, but for the both of you and your relationship going forward as they grow up. Any thoughts on that, Chase? Yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful for my dad because whenever I'd get a new game or something, he'd always be there next to me, you know, showing me That's how awesome. to do it or being there to help me if I ever had a problem. And he, he still does to this day. Like every once in a while, he'll l look over my shoulder and be like, hey, that's cool. What are you doing? And he, he always just supported me back then. Like whenever I needed, like, let's say like a new part for my computer or something, he was always willing to like not pay for it. You know, and I didn't get that far, but he, he was willing <laughs> to help me out with it when we do research yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm very, very thankful for him. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, at least having one parent that can support the situation uh, goes a long ways. And I think another key point to this, Chase, is it's not about necessarily how many hours your child's putting in. It's not healthy to put in 16-hour days on a video game. I'm a firm believer that it's the value and the quality of the time that you're spending playing the game. So for an example... If you're not having fun, you're not going to do well. Exactly. That's That's... And, and, and just grinding out 16-hour days isn't productive. So I started with my son recently. Um, so he's a big Fortnite person. It's all the rage at the age of 10, right? And I said, okay, you can sit there and continue to just drop in time after time after time and see how far you get. Maybe you win one. Maybe you get eliminated right away. I said, how are you practicing your aim? How are you practicing your movement? Have you been practicing builds at all besides in the heat of a game? I said, why aren't you getting into creative mode and practicing your builds? That's truly what Fortnite is about, to be effectively building. If you can outbuild people, you're going to outduel them. I said, why are we not on, on AIM Labs? Throwing a little plug out there for AIM Labs. Why aren't you consistently working on your AIM? I think it's breaking down how much they're playing and make sure it's quality practice that's actually going to help them improve themselves to be more successful. Yeah, there's always, always room for improvement, even if you're the best. And especially for someone his age, it's important for him to have fun so he doesn't get discouraged and doesn't want to play anymore. And there's always going to be time for him to mess around with his friends and just have some fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If, if he really wants to be like good, then yeah, he, he will have to put in that downtime to start becoming who he wants to be in the game. But I... I think there needs to be a good balance between that, between grinding out and practicing very hard, but there's always, always has to be a time where you're just having fun. Absolutely. Without having to try your hardest. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we play video games truly for one reason, right? Yeah. And that's to have that. fun. They have fun. So. Well, awesome, Chase. Any questions you would like to throw at me, sir? I'm going to turn the tables. Yeah, I do. Um, why do you hate Stewie? <laughs> Here we go. One episode, and we already got pushback. This is what I asked for. Um, so I don't hate Stewie, and I, I would challenge you to re-listen to that episode. There's a key piece I put in there. He is so damn talented. So I just want to put that out there, that I think his skill level could surpass just about anyone in NA 
if he just would focus on it. And maybe it's a little bit of an out of sight, out of mind thing. And I know he's trying to grow his stream because that's a huge revenue for these people when they're not directly playing on LAN and, and all the tournaments that have not been happening uh, due to COVID situations. But, you know, just really focusing on being the best player on Team Liquid right now, to me, when you're under contract, you have the talent that you have, should be your focus. I mean, the guy is almost a poster boy for playing Valorant right now, which is a direct competitor to the Counter-Strike scene. Let's just put that on the table. Do I think it's a better game? I do not think it's a better game. But I just feel like his focus should be more on his team, more on getting better at CSGO, as I'm sorry, EG has been planting Team Liquid, and it's not even close right now. I, I agree to a certain extent, but like I said, there needs to be a balance of these top tier players of what they're doing. He obviously does practice six to seven hours a day. There's no question about that. But if you look at someone like Simple, I, I know you mentioned him. Mm -hmm. Back when he played with Liquid, Adren actually came out and said this. He would not practice at all with them. He would just kind of do his own thing. Okay. So I think it becomes extremely natural at a point to be good and he has been playing at a top level for two three years so if it hasn't come now when will it you know what i mean yeah so do you feel stewie has peaked in a way yes hmm. like i said it's, it's all cs players in a way are inconsistent because you'll have one guy who is like a 0 0.4 KD coming out of nowhere and doing really well, and now look at him, he's on G2. I'm talking about uh, Lucky, I think it was. Mm -hmm. These guys come out of nowhere, basically, is what I'm saying. Okay. Anyone can take a spot, just like Grim, who was... Actually, he was more of a prospect than a nobody, but he really came and took over Nitro very, very surprisingly, in my opinion. Because I thought they were going to hang on to at least one player for a while before they changed him out. but Sure. Yeah, no, it's an interesting. I'm just kind of looking up some uh, uh, stats right here on HLTV, right? So Stewie's rating is a 1.03 uh, on HLTV, which is in the yellow, the okay. Um, impact is good, so... Um, he comes at 1.19, uh, 79.3 ADR, which is in the higher end of the okay, um, just about green for uh, good. So I'm a big KD and ADR uh, person. So Stewie has always been known kind of for that high-flying, smoke-criminal-type uh, gameplay. Do you think Stewie would be more effective in more of a passive role, or do you think he would not be able to flourish with a more mature, passive, uh, timid approach to the game? I think with his skill set right now, he ha he should be the star player. And I think there's a little bit of an imbalance right now within Team Liquid, because everyone in that team could be like a team's best player, if that makes any sense. Because... Cool. You have Elige, you have Nav. Nav, who was arguably the best player in Renegades. Mm -hmm. Elige was always the best player in Liquid. Mm -hmm. Twist, the best player on Team Solo Med, and you have all of them thrown into one team. Mm -hmm. I just think there needs to be better synergy 
in a way. And I think Stewie needs to be the star player. You know, he's the one with the major under his belt. He has the most experience, I'd say, against his European teams. So do you feel like Team Liquid has held him back from becoming that star player due to the lineup? Not exactly. I think there needs to be someone who steps up and says, hey, this is what we're going to do. Because they just got rid of their in-game leader. I don't know who is going to be leading now. Mm-hmm. Big but, question that I've not had an answer to. Uh, I think the most experienced person on that team is Stewie for now. Uh, without a doubt, I don't think anyone can argue that. So just looking at HLTV rating, so I said he's 1.03. So Leash is in at 1.11. Twist is 1.09. NAF is 1.07, then we got Stewie at 1.03, and Grimm, who it's not a fair shake at this point, comes in at a 0.98, and he had a very disappointing performance uh, last week, but came out hot the week before. So we'll give the youngster some time to balance out. So that puts Stewie in the fourth spot. How do you feel about that? Um, Like I said, he's very consistent I'd say because back in cloud nine he was definitely one of their lower tier players but he exploded during the major as you know yes absolutely incredible in the phase match I I just think he needs to be with a comfortable in-game leader so he's able to really fly to the stars and show what he can do Absolutely. It'll be very interesting, like you said, once we find that IGL, who's going to step up? And I'm sorry, I am a huge Team Liquid fan, but I am sick and tired of not having a main opper on Team Liquid for any length of time. It's so scenario, who's going to pick up the op, where are they going to be at, what, what site, on what map. I know they try to play this confusion game with their opponents, but I'm telling you, sometimes Counter-Strike is basic, and European teams have found it out, the magic recipe for many of years, there's a main opper on your team, Try, stop trying to reinvent the wheel, sometimes you just need to follow what works, and that is just my hard stance on it. How do you feel about not having a main opper on the team, and do you feel they should have one? I definitely think it's very, very odd that they don't have like an established one because either NAF or Stewie is really insane with it. And I think Correct. those two guys are the ones that are going to be picking it up because I don't, maybe Grimm actually, I don't know if he ever used the op that much. Uh, that's not his, uh, not his primary role, but he has picked it up uh, kind of a second op situation. So yeah, they have three guys who have somewhat experience using it, but, they need someone who's always using it. You know what I mean? They, I, I, I agree with you. They need someone who has practiced it for, you know, years. You can't expect a secondary opera to just transition so smoothly into this insane, mm-hmm. you know, opera. But I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how things work. You know, it's a brand new roster. We'll see how. See yeah, for sure. So, obviously, big coaching change, right? So, Edron's out. Moses is in. How do you feel about that move? That honestly surprised me a little bit because Adren was the one who originally made the announcement for Grimm. 
He's like, well, I'm super happy to coach these guys, and then days later they remove him. <laughs> it is, it's kind of interesting, but I think Moses is in a way a lot more knowledgeable because he's been casting, he's been analyzing for a, a long, long time. I also got like the feeling that when Moses was casting, he just wanted to throw the solution out on the table because he would get so frustrated casting liquid games. And we all know Liquid has a, a fine history of choking in stressful situations. And it's like he just wanted to be up on that stage coaching those guys and leading them to victory. Did you ever get a sense of that? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's, I think the same could be said with Yanko, who joined FaZe. I think he definitely had a few things to say, but he couldn't. So he just decided to say them, and I guess they really liked it and then picked them up. But I think in this scenario definitely Moses reached out and said hey I can really help your team and they they took him I think that's what happened yeah I'm not know what I'm more excited or sad about I was extremely excited to hear that Moses is the coach because I think that's a great uh, move forward for Liquid but I'm also a little sad that we won't have Moses commentating these huge matches it just adds that energy and that edge to CSGO yeah that is definitely going to be a bit of a uh hole left in the casting side but i really don't think it's a big deal because sometimes i'll watch i'll watch games without volume i don't know sure. if you ever do that but sure yeah absolutely we still we still have vince in our corner so we'll be all right that's what i'm saying yeah well awesome i think that's pretty much gonna wrap it uh up chase i just want to thank you again for being a part of the podcast, being our first guest. It's never comfortable or easy when I'm an amateur. Um, and I'm not sure if you've done any podcasts before, but I just, I really appreciate you uh, being on the show. Um, definitely going to have you again. I, like I said, you have that great uh, insight. You're not scared to have an alternative site than me. And that's what makes this great. Um, I just really appreciate the support you've given me uh, over the past couple of years and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, the future for us, bud. Well, I'm just happy to be here, you know, because, like you said, we've been friends for almost two years now. And you got to start somewhere. There's always a first. And that's going to be a wrap on today's podcast. Just really excited to have our first guest speaker. Uh, big thank you to uh, Chase Falco for joining us. Uh, lastly, I just want to say thanks and show gratitude for all the people that have subscribed on iTunes, Google Podcasts on every platform out there, YouTube, you name it. You guys have been amazing supporting this. Hope you're enjoying the content. This has been the most fun I've had in a while, and I look forward to continuing to grow this and continue to put valuable content out there that you enjoy listening to each and every day. Thank you, and see you next episode. Perfect.